you know, God has appointed instructions for Joshua and everybody to get involved with the land, the promised land. Numbers 34 has that. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Himmler. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. Thank you for joining us as we continue to go through the Bible. Take your Bible guide out and get ready for it. In the meantime, Corey is here with Ryan. Corey? I'm going to be taking a look at the so-called cities of refuge that are talked about in our scripture reading today. Ryan? Well, today I'm looking at the declaration that the patriarch Jacob made over his two sons, Simeon and Levi. It wasn't an encouraging speech. <laughs> no, it was not an encouraging speech. Very interesting. <laughs> All right, Janice, what did you do? Today it's called To Hear and Do. All right, to hear and to do. Very good. Well, let's open our Bibles and discover what God is saying to us as we look at Numbers 34, because the Lord is speaking right now. Let's listen to him as Janice reads. Numbers 34, verses 13 through 29. Then Moses commanded the children of Israel, saying, This is the land which you shall inherit by lot, which the Lord has commanded to give to the nine tribes and to the half-tribe. For the tribe of the children of Reuben, according to the house of their fathers, and the tribe of the children of Gad, according to the house of their fathers, have received their inheritance." and the half-tribe of Manasseh has received its inheritance. The two tribes and the half-tribe have received their inheritance on this side of the Jordan, across from Jericho eastward toward the sunrise. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, These are the names of the men who shall divide the land among you as an inheritance. Eleazar the priest, and Joshua the son of Nun. And you shall take one leader of every tribe to divide the land for the inheritance. These are the names of the men. From the tribe of Judah, Caleb the son of Jephunneh. From the tribe of the children of Simeon, Shemuel the son of Amihud. From the tribe of Benjamin, Eliadad the son of Kishlon. A leader from the tribe of the children of Dan, Bacchae, the son of Joglai. From the sons of Joseph, a leader from the tribe of the children of Manasseh, Heniel, the son of Ephod. And a leader from the tribe of the children of Ephraim, Kemuel, the son of Shiftan. A leader from the tribe of the children of Zebulun, Elazaphan, the son of Parnach a leader from the tribe of the children of Issachar, Peltiel, the son of Azan, a leader from the tribe of the children of Asher, Ahihud, the son of Shilomai, and a leader from the tribe of the children of Naphtali, Pedahel, the son of Amihud. These are the ones the Lord commanded to divide the inheritance among the children of Israel, in the land of Canaan. Numbers chapter 34, verses 13 through 29. 
Numbers chapter 34 to 38. That's what we studied today as we continue reading through the Bible. And it is fascinating. 32 years of going through the Bible. It's absolutely amazing. Now, I want to remind you that North American tongues are somewhat stifled when we read Hebrew names and all of that. So we'll do our best. So keep that in mind. Now, when the children of Israel had come into the land of God, a land that God promised them, the biblical records and the divisions of the land and the names of the men who were granted to take it are mentioned. Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh had already taken land that they had requested on the east side of the Jordan River. The nine and a half remaining tribes were given the land on the west side of the Jordan by Joshua and Eliezer the priest. In addition to Joshua and Eliezer, one man from each tribe would help them divide the land appropriately between all of the families. Now, it is an amazing thing to remember that this land was promised to Abraham over 500 years earlier. Boy, God keeps his promises, doesn't he? The Lord makes all his words come to pass. He is never late on his promises, and his promises do not change once they are made. Do you remember Genesis chapter 3, verse 15? It states one of the most important promises of that seed, the seed of woman. It will defeat the power of Satan. And I'll quote it for you. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. God made that promise early on at the beginning of time, and it's absolutely fascinating. Now, do you have your Bible guide? If not, write for it or call for it. We'll send it to you. And the Bible guide leads you through the Bible. And today, turn to the passage. Because the most important book of all that you've ever read is right here. It is the Bible. And let's pray. And Father, in Jesus' name, help us to hear the word of God as we put it into our hearts. Because we're going to read a passage today. It's very interesting. Help us to hear you, Lord. We've never read this passage before on the program. We're going to read it today. So guide us and direct us, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, and we said together, amen and amen. Now. With that in mind, we go to Numbers chapter 34, 13 to 15. Then Moses commanded the children of Israel, saying, This is the land which you shall inherit by lot, which the Lord has commanded to give to the nine tribes and the half-tribe. For the tribe of the children of Reuben, according to the house of their fathers, and the tribe of the children of Gad, according to the house of their fathers, have received their inheritance, and the half-tribe of Manasseh has received his or its inheritance. The two tribes and half-tribe have received their inheritances on this side of the Jordan, across from the Jericho, eastward toward the sunrise. And here's the point. God had given the tribes of Reuben Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh their land. Jesus Christ gives us the freedom to do his work his way. Yes, you heard me right. The freedom to do his work his way. We like to do our work our way. But God has designed us to hear from the Lord 
and the Lord works with our free will. And it's okay because we still are doing his work his way. And when we do his work his way, we feel like, wow, that was good. Because that's what God does. And that's what God was doing here. That's what he showed the people. Very interesting. Okay, now we go on to verse 16. And the Lord spoke with Moses, saying, These are the names of the men who shall divide the land among you as inheritance. Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun. And you shall take one of the leaders or one leader of every tribe and divide the land for the inheritance. So the point is simple. God appointed and instructed Joshua and Eleazar on how to divide the land. As we today follow and obey the Lord, as we follow and obey the Lord, he shows us what to do. Now, God teaches us what to do in these situations. So as we get closer to God and we begin to read his word, and we begin to understand what he said, we, we get it. We know what we have to do. And then we pray, Lord, help us to do this your way. We don't have to come up with a solution. You've got the solution. So bring that into our hearts. Help the will of God to grow in us. Very important. And as it grows, we do God's work God's way. God is an amazing divine mind. He is the supreme mind of everything, knows everything. And we just need to get with God. That becomes very, very important. Now, let's go back to the scripture in verse 19. These are the names of the men from the tribe of Judah. Caleb, the son of Jephthah, from the tribe of the children of Simeon. Shemuel, the son of Amminahab, from the tribe of Benjamin. Elidad, the son of Chislon, a leader from the tribe of the children of Dan. Buki, the son of Jogli, from the sons of Joseph, a leader from the tribe of the children of Manasseh, Haniel, the son of Ephod, and a leader from the tribe of the children of Ephraim, Camuel, the son of Shiphthon, or Shiphtan, a leader from the tribe of the children of Zebulun. Now, Elisphon, the son of Parnoch, a leader from the tribe of the children of Izkar. Peltiel, the son of Asnon, a leader from the tribe of the children of Asher. Ahitab, the son of Shilomi, and the leader from the tribe of the children of Naphtali. Padeel, the son of Aminahab, these are the ones that the Lord commanded to divide the inheritance among the children of Israel in the land of Canaan, they are assigned. One leader from every tribe was listed to divide the land. The Lord has chosen us to do his work. You know, many people misunderstand the way God works. God chose men from these men whom he chose. And God has layers of people who work. And we, we like to put layers up here. Then he works for him. Then he works for him. Then he works for him. It's not how God works. God does it this way. He layers them across. And he says, you are that responsibility. You're that responsibility. You're that responsibility. You're that responsibility. God has always worked that way. And so we need to understand. Our minds need to shift 
from our ideas of capitalistic thinking and socialistic thinking to the thinking of biblical. And that becomes very important. So Father, help us today to understand in Jesus' name how you've organized us and help us to do it right, Lord. There are leaders, of course, and there are leaders above us, of course. But Father, we need to understand that everybody's worth is the same. Everybody's value is the same in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, amen. Jesus Christ spoke to us and told us not to be afraid, not to be troubled by these times. This is the beginning of the end. This is the beginning of God's final reconciliation with the world. God is going to make things change in our lives. And this is very important. He has selected you and myself to live in this time. And I find that absolutely amazing. Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study. And today we wrap up the book of Numbers. And it's in these closing chapters that we read about the cities where the Levites were to settle. And this inheritance of the tribe of Levi actually goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 49. And it's here where the patriarch Jacob blesses his sons, who of course became the 12 tribes of Israel. But his declaration to his two sons, Simeon and Levi, was not a blessing, but rather a judgment. Check it out. In Genesis chapter 49, the dying Jacob calls for his sons to proclaim a final blessing upon them. However, this will be much more than the standard patriarchal blessing. This will be a prophecy that will develop in the course of the history of the 12 tribes. In fact, for Simeon and Levi, this would be no blessing at all. Beginning in verse 5, Jacob addresses both sons. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger, and hawked oxen as they pleased. Cursed be their anger so fierce, and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob, and disperse them in Israel. Jacob begins this declaration to Simeon and Levi by stating their relationship. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Indeed, these two were full brothers, both sons of Jacob's wife Leah. Their swords are weapons of violence, remarks Jacob. Here, Jacob notes their unhealthy predisposition towards violence, a reference to their earlier vengeance against the city of Shechem for their sister's rape. For this, Jacob disassociates himself from the deeds of Simeon and Levi. Let me not enter their council, he proclaims. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger and hawked oxen as they pleased. For the rape of Dinah, Simeon and Levi conspired together and slaughtered every male in the city of Shechem, and hawked their oxen to boot. To hawk an animal means to cut the tendons of the ox so that they could no longer continue working. So rather than taking the oxen as spoil, they maimed them, rendering them both useless and helpless. Cursed be their anger, declares Jacob, so fierce and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. In keeping with the judgment, neither tribe received its own territory in the Promised Land. Their territories were within the territory of other tribes. They did not receive their own tribal holdings. Simeon turned out to be the weakest tribe in number. In the first census, his tribe numbered 59,300. But in the second census, it went all the way down to 22,200. 
And interestingly, Simeon is altogether omitted from the tribal blessings of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 33. When the Jews did get the land of Israel, Simeon settled not in his own territory, but in the southern part of Judah's territory. As far as Levi is concerned, his tribe did side with Moses in the sin of the golden calf, but in keeping with Jacob's curse, Levi did not receive his own territory. Rather, the tribe of Levi was scattered in 48 different Levitical cities throughout the other tribes of Israel. So because of the actions of Simeon and Levi against Shechem, their descendants would pay the consequences. The tribe of Simeon became the least in number, and the Levites never received their own inheritance. Now fortunately, the tribe of Levi did side with Moses in the sin of the golden calf, and so were graciously set apart later for God's special service. You know, that's really interesting to hear that, and because God is, God sets in motion uh, the, the, the judgments or the, the results that come. Now, Jesus Christ has set in motion God's grace, which has come, and we're living in a time of grace. So mm -hmm. that's absolutely stunning and amazing. So today we have Israel. We didn't have Israel, you know, before 1948. Today we have Israel. And it's very interesting to watch the Middle East and see what's, what's going on because God is doing some unique things. Okay, very good. All right. So today you and I are going to be taking a look at the cities of refuge because these were supposed to be an integral part of the promised land of Israel and, and even the Israel that was on the other side of the Jordan River, you know, with Ephraim and the half tribe of Manasseh. Uh, let's take a look at this part of God's justice system. Take a look. The Bible records the ancient Israelite institution of cities of refuge. Incorporated into the law of Moses, these cities were to be an essential element of the Israelite justice system. They offered temporary sanctuary to people accused of murder and permanent asylum for those found guilty of manslaughter, the accidental killing of another human. In ancient Israel, the law called for anyone found guilty of murder to be executed with no other ransom deemed acceptable. Capital punishment enforced the sanctity of human life and protected the land against ritual impurity. The belief was that human blood tainted the very land in which it was spilled. If Israel was to be a holy nation with God as their leader, atonement had to be made for every intentional murder, every intentional assault against the leadership of God who had outlawed murder. There were still regulations on this capital punishment. First, someone accused of murder could gain initial sanctuary and safety by either grabbing onto the horns of an altar dedicated to God or by running to a city of refuge. The accused must then stand trial in front of an assembly of Israelites. To receive a guilty verdict, they must either admit to the crime or have two or more witnesses testify to their guilt. If found guilty, they would be executed by the Avenger of Blood, believed to be a close relative of the murdered person. If proven that death was accidental, the killer's safety was to be protected by the assembly who would escort them to the nearest city of refuge. If they chose to leave the city limits at any point, the Avenger of Blood could kill them without consequence. If the high priest died during their lifetime, the guilt of the person charged with manslaughter would be considered paid for and they would go free. The scriptures identify six cities of refuge, three on the east side of the Jordan River and three on the west side of the river. 
According to modern scholars, their placement meant that wherever you were in ancient Israel, you were no more than 30 miles, or a full day's walk, away from a city of refuge. Nevertheless, there must have arisen circumstances that necessitated a faster solution for temporary safety. And there are a few biblical examples. Adonijah, son of King David and rival to his half-brother King Solomon, ran to the horns of the altar, and initially, he was granted clemency, later to be killed. The disgraced army commander Joab was also initially granted sanctuary by grabbing onto the horns of the altar. He, too, was later killed for his crimes. These instances demonstrate and clarify the quick reference to altar sanctuary found in Exodus 21 verse 14, which likely supplied Israel before the Promised Land with a way to follow the murder laws. This was, of course, before the establishment of the cities of refuge. Now, like most things in the Bible that we talk about here on Bible Discovery, there is a lot more that could be said about the cities of refuge. And we are going to um, be talking more about some specific cities of refuge as we get into the time period of, of Joshua uh, and the judges and the kings of Israel, because they pop up uh, in some really interesting ways. So I think it's important to remember again, to stress the fact that we have Israel today mm -hmm. and we need to pay attention to the Middle East because this is very interesting. Although the Israel that exists today is very different than the Israel that existed in the Old and New Testament, which I think is an important distinction to make. It is, but at the same time, God continues to do some For sure, things. for sure. There's some really interesting things, but the government structure isn't anything like it was in yeah. in the Old and New Testaments, but it is still a worthwhile study in and of itself. It's still really interesting. The modern state of Israel and how it was established still very interesting and yeah. involves some miraculous things. Yeah, someone suggests that the seventh government is the in the Bible is the government of democracy, but we don't know. Uh, it's just really interesting as we get closer to the end how God reveals himself and shows us the very good. Janice. Well, as we read through Numbers chapter 34, at the beginning of it, we're looking at the appointed boundaries that God gave in Canaan, and we see such order. We see such specifics. And then we see, starting at verse 16, the leaders that God has called and appointed to divide the land between the tribes. And what strikes me, and strikes me every year when I get to, to these specific portions where things are so very specific, is that God is a God of order. God is not a God of confusion. And so I just, I wanted to talk a little bit about that and God's word. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 states, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. We hear the writer of Hebrews in uh, chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Rod often mentions that this year, 2022, is actually our 32nd year through the Bible in this program. It's had different names over the years, 
but it still has the same theme, and that is taking each one of us through the Bible in a year. That at one point we were called quick study, and that's one of the reasons why, because it is a very quick study of the Bible. But even after 32 years of going through the Bible, there are so many things that are illuminated that, as the days change. God's word doesn't, and it still applies. It's not that dusty old book that you know it's on the shelf and you just leave it there, or you read it once and that's enough. It should be something that you apply to your life all the time because it's so important. It is living. It is active. It's the word of God, and it will help you. And it will help to keep your mind centered on what the truth is—a good, solid foundation in a world that, a lot of times, let's be honest with each other, seems like it's shifting and shaking every single day. We don't know what we're going to hear when we turn on the news.、Um, Luke eleven verse twenty-eight. But Jesus said, "More than that, blessed are." The Those who hear the word of God and keep it. So yes, it's important that we read the word of God and we get it into our hearts. We memorize it as children. We memorize it as adults. But if it only stays in our hearts or in our minds and it doesn't affect who we are as people, our reactions and our、uh, the way we speak, the way we encourage people, then it really is of no effect. Romans ten verse seventeen says, "So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." It's important, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, that we tell our testimony, that we share with people, and sometimes it's not even with words. Sometimes it's just our actions. You know, a smile goes a long way in this world today, especially that our faces have been covered up with masks. Now we've learned to recognize a smile with our eyes. But a kind word, a lending hand, a phone call, a text message—something extra special goes a long way in this world. And as we build the trust in people, as we care for others, as we know, as they know that we care, then we have the opportunity to be able to speak into their lives why we are different, why we are encouraged, why we're not fearful, why we trust in the Lord, why we have a hope. These are the things that we can share. We can be the light on the hill. We can be the saltiness added to to the people's lives. Let's do that for the Lord Jesus Christ. Like to tell you this at the end of the program. We pray for you,、uh, and we pray for you live, three thirty to four thirty. That's Eastern Time, Eastern Standard Time. That's New York Time. And、uh, when you come to us, we pray for you live on Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery. So join us over there today. We need to pray, Lord. I want to be obedient to your word. I want to be obedient to your word. I want to be obedient to your ways. 
help me. <laughs>